this morning. As we turn to the scripture, I invite you to take out your word real fast. I know that we, uh, we're on a time crunch with the kids in the room, like as uh, we have this morning. But uh, real quick, I want us to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I know that's not typically the section of verses you would turn to on a Christmas morning, but we've been going verse by verse through 1 Thessalonians. And we have been anticipating, celebrating this first advent while longing for the second advent. And so the verses that we come to today really do give us hope, and especially hope for the hurting. Christmas is a wonderful time of year. I mean, that's what the song says. And as we celebrate, there's a lot of times where we can forget that this is also a very painful time of year. This can be a time of year where there's an empty seat at the table, where lost loved ones are gone too soon. And so this is a time where we look to the hope of Christ. And we have a hope in Christ because Christ came in the flesh. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who... Who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Jesus Christ came in the flesh, and he came to die. As we celebrate Christmas today, we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But the sole purpose of putting on flesh was so that he could die. He became fully man while being fully God. Jesus came to take our place. As Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.15, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. On a day like today, we pause and we think about the glorious opportunity we have to celebrate that Jesus Christ is alive. But we also take a very humble look at ourselves that we are so sinful that he had to come into the flesh to pay the ultimate price. As John MacArthur says, the important issue of Christmas is not so much that Jesus came, but why he came. There was no salvation in his birth, nor did the sinless way he lived his life have any redemptive force of its own His example, as flawless as it was, could not rescue men from their sins. Even his teaching, the greatest truth ever revealed to man, could not save us from our sins. There was a price to be paid for our sins. Someone had to die. Only Jesus could do it. It's appropriate to commemorate the birth of Christ. But don't make the mistake of leaving him as a baby in a manger. Keep in mind that his birth was just the first step in God's glorious plan of redemption. Remember that it's the triumph of Christ's sacrificial death that gives meaning to his humble birth. You can't truly celebrate one without the other. 
So I give you some hope this morning. Real quick, an advent of hope and the promise of life after death. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Asleep. I love that Paul uses the imagery of falling asleep. I heard one person say it this way. It's like when your child falls asleep in the living room, staying up late to see if they can get a glimpse of something going on. And you go in there and you scoop them up after they're asleep and you walk them quietly to their room and you lay them in their bed and then you ninja style out of the room as to not wake them up. And they wake up the next morning and they're like, oh, how did I get in here? If this is the imagery of death for those who are in Christ, it is that you fall asleep and you wake up in a much, much better place. As 1 Corinthians 15 says, 3 through 6, then 17 through 21, and 50 through 58, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we have hope today. We have hope because Jesus put on flesh and he rose again. Oh, we grieve. We grieve when we see an empty table, an empty seat at the table. We grieve when we have a lost loved one, but we do not grieve as the world grieves. We grieve with a hope and assurance. As William Barclay says, Paul lays down a great principle. The man who has lived and died in Christ is still in Christ, even in death, and will rise in him. Between Christ and the man who loves him, there is a relationship which nothing can break, a relationship which overpasses death because Christ died and rose again. So the man who is one with Christ will rise again. An advent of hope and a word from the Lord. We have hope today because we have a word from the Lord, verse 15. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, 
who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. A word from the Lord is in John chapter 11. It's a story when he raises Lazarus from the dead. 11 verse 11 says, After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Later in that chapter, verse 20 through 26, So then, so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from, the, from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Oh, we have a hope today because Jesus put on flesh. He lived a perfect life, but he died in our place. We have a word from the Lord which gives us hope, and we have an Advent hope and a cry of victory. A cry of victory. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. My aim today is to encourage you. To encourage you with these words. That we have a cry of victory. This battle cry, this is a, a warrior cry. This is a, a summons. This is a command. This is a loud, triumphant voice that will burst forth as we await the second advent. Matthew 24, 29 through 31 says this, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will become dark and the moon will give its light, will not give its light, and the stars will fall from the heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds. From one end of the earth to the other. The voice of an archangel and the sound of a trumpet. The trumpet. In Jewish history, this was a sound of, of war. This was, this was to announce war or to announce a festival or to announce a gathering of a people. And even the Romans would use the trumpet sound as the arrival of a great person. Oh, he will return. And we know it. As 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 6 says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we were still in this tent, we groaned, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. 
We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. One day we will be at home with the Lord. Even as Jesus said to the thief on the cross, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. You see, Jesus came one silent night, but he will return with a shout of victory. He came in a humble manger, but he will return holy and magnificent. He came born of a virgin, but he will return bold and victorious. He came first to redeem the world that was lost in sin, and he will return to restore those who are his. Let me encourage you with these words, John 10, 28. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor debt, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What a wonderful gift of hope we have today because he came, he was born of the flesh, and church, he is coming again.